Welcome to Level with Emily Reese. This is music by Life Formed, a.k.a. Terrence, and Janice Kwan for Tunic, which came out in 2022. You play a fox in an action-adventure situation, and it's adorable and wonderful. Terrence and Janice are married. They both play keyboards and write their own music individually, in addition to composing together on games and outside of games. They live in Taiwan, which is very cool. Also very cool story how they ended up living in Taiwan in the first place. And with regards to the music for Tunic, I just absolutely love the blend of synths and acoustic piano in the music. It's it's absolutely fabulous. One note, I misname one of the tracks. I call it Carbon Forest, but it's called Carbon Harvest, just so you know that. And Janice and Terrence have cats who make themselves known kind of early on. And it's just a great reason to watch this on YouTube for one thing. But of course, you only hear the gorgeous music here in this audio version. Uh, Come hang out with us on Discord to talk about this and other episodes. And yeah, don't forget to check this out on YouTube. All right, here are Terrence and Janice talking about their music for Tunic. Tunic is like, okay, how do I describe Tunic? I haven't had to describe Tunic before. Um, <laughs> it's a top-down isometric adventure game where you play as a little fox and you're exploring this really mysterious world and you're just trying to figure out what, why you're there and what, what's in the world. And it seems very cute, but then like it goes under the surface into something a bit more mysterious and dark. Yeah, and that's definitely reflected in the music because it starts in in one vein and goes to many different places, which is one of the most enjoyable things about it. Um, so describe the style of music then that that you went for. And also, is that is that a cat in the background playing with yeah, the toy? Me, they can know. totally keep doing it. I just want I just want people to know what it is. <laughs> Go just close the door. <laughs> they, can, they can keep playing, but that's so hilarious. Like the second yeah. we start. <laughs> <laughs> they just sleep all day, and then as soon as you need, need the quiet, they just start. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. So, so yeah, the style of, of Tunic. How did you. Um, and clearly that's a style of music that you compose in anyway. So I'm just curious how that all happened. Well, it took place, making the music took place over quite a long period of time, like seven years from the first track to the last. And I think it, like personally, I I learned a lot over that time and I like adapted and uh, tried new things. So it kind of evolved over those years and which is interesting because I think because the game had such a large soundtrack too that um like at least for me I since I know like the order of tracks I made it I can kind of feel the progression of them and we were able to take advantage of that by matching those changes with the way the game kind of changes in tone because before that I was like I was trying to move my music into like a more sample-based, like, atmospheric type of production. And and then I, when Janice joined and started working um, on it too, then we, like, really embraced that and, like, started recording a lot of samples. Um, I'm going to move the other cat. I'm sorry. No, it's totally fine. <laughs> this is the best. This is the best. I love it. <laughs> Got to keep them happy. You got to. It's it's our job to give them the their best life possible. That's how I look at it. It's 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 a pleasure to be able to do that for a little creature. So yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, well, talk to me about composing together because Janice, on your Bandcamp, you have a bunch of piano sketches, which I love that you put those up because that's so fun. So so talk to me about the process of how you two come up with making a track together. Mm, I guess when we first started working together, we did 
we did make an album together before, but that was very much like from a distance where I would write something and send it to him, then he'd write something back with that, and then that was that was it. We didn't really like revise it in any way. But mm. on Tunic, um, I think we when we got into the flow of working together, we would each kind of work on concepts like sketches and then um, pass it off to the other person and see what they thought or if they felt anything. And I think that was one of the best parts of working together was knowing that there was a little less pressure because you could write something and then see if somebody else felt anything from it and then and then if they could take it somewhere and then knowing that they would throw it back to you. And yeah, so that was, yeah, it was like that for a bit. It was a little challenging at first because we were trying to figure out like how do you how do you I think for the music we make like it's important for us to feel a sense of um, you know ownership of it and a feel of like this is like a part of who you are and in a collaboration that can be tricky because you have two people on it so do you just like both put an equal amount into it or do you have one person take the lead and at the start, we weren't really sure, so we were just kind of doing whatever came up. Um, but eventually, it kind of became clear that it, it was really beneficial when one of us would like feel a lot more strongly about a track, and then um, the other would would make room for for it. Because there was a few times when we both like thought we were like the main uh, the main person on a track, but then like we had when it when we disagreed then it was like really hard to figure out what to do um but that was part of the learning process and then once we found the right rhythm then i think we had a lot of like give and take and like we could each kind of shine where we felt excited about mm -hmm. So, because I just, I love the blend of with the acoustic piano. So I'm so curious about, you know, your musical backgrounds and who plays what primarily, or if maybe you both primarily play acoustic piano or how that all works. So, so do you mind just uh, letting me know how you started musically and then, you know, how that, how that happened? Um, for me, I just, my parents made me learn piano at an early age and um, but I didn't like doing it, and so I, I quit. And but then I, I realized, like, I, I really did enjoy playing piano. I just didn't like being forced to. So then eventually, I like started playing a little bit on my own. And then in college, I got a MIDI controller because I thought it was just like a simple keyboard. But it turns out you need to like hook it up to a computer and like uh, you know get all the software for it. So I, that's when I started to like poke around and, and get interested in music production and electronic music. And that's most of my, my background on it. I mostly just played piano and um, the computer, like any type of production using a MIDI controller. Yeah. The piano has a lot more experience. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. Um, I started piano when I was young too, but I really liked it and I wanted to play it and I mean, up to a point. I mean, you get to a point where you're just like practicing and it's just hard and mm -hmm. not really, not that fun. But for the most part, I would choose, I would find things that I did like playing. And um, and then I also, I just really liked almost any instrument. So if I had the opportunity to learn one, I would learn one. Um, so in, I did do like a little bit of flute and then in school band, I did some trumpet. And then I think in university, I took my electives in music as well, just to, just to broaden the sound palette. And um, 
I felt like my rhythm was really lacking, so I took some rhythm courses, but it um, still really lacking. <laughs> um, nope. And yeah. And voice. And some guitar and stuff like that. Yeah. Voice. <laughs> Singing. <laughs> I love that you did flute and trumpet were your first two to branch off from piano because they're so obviously so different, right? So was it, was it kind of like in your mind, those specific instruments or was it, I want to play a woodwind and I'm going to try flute. I want to try a brass instrument. I want to play trumpet. You know what I mean? Mm, With the flute, I, I saw someone playing it on TV, like in some sort of concert and I thought it sounded really nice. So I wanted to try it. Okay. Um, and then with trumpet, I actually wanted to learn strings for school, um, for school music. But um, at the time, there was like older grades in our like attendance class, and they would bring out their trumpets, and then the buttons looked so soft. So I decided <laughs> I would play trumpet so I could push the buttons. <laughs> It's the best reason anyone's ever said <laughs> for playing trumpet. Oh, I never really, yeah. I didn't, I wasn't like drawn to the trumpet in sound anyway. I didn't really know any trumpet music. So I just, yeah. I just really, I just wanted it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is as a trumpet player. It's very satisfying that action. It's just smooth action. Yes. <laughs> I do. I haven't for a very long time, but yeah, I, <laughs> that was my, that was my thing. Um, but I studied it and, and it sounds like you said something a, a few minutes ago that caught my attention too, because you said you took music as your electives in university. Does that mean you did not study music primarily in university? Um, no, I, I did for a brief moment. I did do a little bit of piano, um, but um, I, I kind of switched majors and then I didn't, I was just doing a liberal arts major at that point okay. and it just did music, yeah. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I don't mean to dig so much into your personal life. It's just, no. uh, yeah, it's it's fascinating to me. Um, well, let's go back to Tunic. We can talk more about all of that stuff uh, later if we choose. But um, uh, I want to talk about some specific tracks, if if we could as well. Um, I have so many favorites. And there's <laughs> flute in here too, right? I mean, I've mm-hmm. definitely heard mm-hmm. flute in there. Um but one of the things I love is something you described right off the bat is how the world changes. And so there's so much beautiful consonance, you know, albeit maybe a 20th century consonance in the, in the music, but then there's all these opportunities for tension too and, um, and dissonance, right? And, and so talk about those spots where you got to get a little darker, like, you know, the librarian is an example or amphibious assault is an example. Um, yeah, talk, talk about that if you would. I think the, the sounds that are like kind of dissonant and dark, those all originated from experimenting with different sounds that we were recording. Mm. At that point, we were, at that point, we, were, we moved to Taipei and, we've, and we were stuck from COVID. And so we, we started living here and then we, we went out and just started recording a lot of sounds around because there's a lot of good sounds around here. <clears throat> and so we, I started playing around with all these samples. And so we got like, like Janice found some stray cats and they were like the, the meows, recorded their meows. And we got like strange creaking sounds and things. And it was just fun playing with like sound design and, and eventually coming up with these interesting textures and sounds and like we kind of for some tracks we use that as like a starting point and then let that evolve into um the musical piece
Oh, but then for other tracks, like the librarian, that was that was piano first as the origin. That was mm-hmm. yeah, that one was piano first. That has a um, sketch, right? I think there's a sketch yeah. for that one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. and we did end up using some samples of um, choir that because my dad sings in the choir, and we'd always go to his performances, and okay. and then just like taking just this short snippet and turning into part of the textures for that. boss music was really intimidating. Like I didn't feel like I could do it. I didn't yeah. feel like I had the right energy for it. But then I felt like that's when I started going to the piano and and I don't know, it kind of, since I've always, it's my oldest instrument and it was how I learned to express myself musically first. I don't know, it kind of tapped open something there that I didn't, know that I had like a channel into some sort of flurry and stormy feelings that could come out only on piano at the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel like a lot of the boss music that all the ones you, you did were they're very like character focused. Like it felt like it was about the boss itself and their their emotions more so than I think when I first think about boss music, I just think of like intensity and action mm-hmm. um but it was really refreshing to see you take it in like a more like dramatic emotional direction yeah i and that was something that that's a re- one of the reasons why i mm-hmm. thought i couldn't do it at first because i didn't think i could have i didn't like had the like intensity and like action but i felt like okay what i do know and what i can tap into is that when someone is in an argument or someone is fighting with somebody is very there's a lot of emotions and and everybody has something they're fighting for or protecting self-protective in a way and that's something that i could relate to those tracks you would you would create the piano line and then turn it into the track and I would try to add some of the rhythm intensity to mm-hmm. keep it feeling boss like yeah and then the ones where I started out with they were more like rhythmic focused and then mm-hmm. but then you were able to help me put more character into them by adding in mm-hmm. piano lines mm-hmm. like in the siege and then the, mm-hmm. the part of night one the night I really loved the track called Forgot to Forget. And I love how the theme comes back in there. Do you remember that track? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Tell tell me about that. So beautiful. That that's the piano one, right? I get it mixed up with the other there's remember to remember forget to forget. In Forget to Forget. 
Oh, wait, yeah. Forget, They're both wonderful, both. so you feel free to talk about them both. <laughs> They're, I think if that's the piano one that I'm thinking of, then it was definitely based on the main overworld one, Memories of Memories. And yeah. We wanted to have a more, just a quieter, like more low-key version of it that we could kind of crossfade between. Um, I think that was used in the indoor areas, like when you go into the house or into mm-hmm. oh, okay. other quieter spaces. And it would just fade between the two tracks. And since it kept the same uh, the same BPM and the same uh, <laughs> melody, it would sound pretty seamless. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun to focus on piano more. So carbon forest, there's like a pan flute or something in there, or a flute. Maybe it's just oh, flute, uh, flute. Tell me, tell me about that. Is that you, Janice, playing? Oh. <laughs> um. Oh, that's the shell. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. When we were here, we got we started getting some Chinese instruments yes. to record too, yes. and we um, Janice was taking lessons for Zhonghu, uh, which is like the arhu, the two string. Chinese yep. fiddle. Yes. And I went with her to the class and they, one of the teachers there makes their, like carves his own uh, xiao, which is like the uh, a Chinese flute. And so I got one and I'm not very good at playing it, but I was, I was just like. <laughs> he gave you a crash course. Yeah. I, well, I just recorded myself playing a bunch of sounds in it and like was able to like use those sounds to, to make some textures and to make the flute that you hear in that. One of the really creepy ones is what they kept from us. That one gets pretty dark. <laughs> this this one yeah. was from the cigarette area. Yeah, it was actually like a few different sections of the area. And okay. We, on the soundtrack, we combined them into one. Yeah, because that's a really dark part of the game. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of like one of the sort of turning points narratively like mm-hmm. you're not really sure why you're there in this world and then that part is one where the narrative is quite strong where it tells you lots more yeah that's like it's really dark kind of climactic yeah okay okay <laughs> Yeah, and then Ghost Field. I think that might be my favorite track. It's mm-hmm. it's just heartbreakingly beautiful when the piano comes in, and I love. Yeah, <laughs> so talk to me about Ghost Field. I I just love that track. Um. Yeah, that track was written for a sort of darker area, and um, I think for that one specifically. Um, I guess I feel like um, where there's darkness for me, there's always also, not always, but often some element of um, like, not light, but there's something there that was lost. And I think that was important for us to show in Ghost Field because of the area it represents. So, um, that would be the piano would be representing that what was once there perhaps. Mm-hmm. 
that now isn't in there anymore. so funny well it's okay I, okay i remember okay. working on it um okay there's a secret okay there's a secret i was just wasn't sure we're not sure if we can talk we're about like, it oh sure. don't yeah save it don't don't we'll we'll we will not we, well, no spoilers can, no we can we can tell t- t- sorry we were being so awkward about it but, no okay, not at so all edited. Uh, okay, it was, okay it was originally <laughs> written for a different game okay um, okay as like a test, but then oh, it, didn't, it ended up not getting used. Um, it was for like a very dark area as well, and then, mm-hmm. um, but it, it was like pretty different. But I then, think it fits tunic better. Yeah, it fit. It ended up fitting tunic a lot better, and so yeah. we were we were able to use it as like the start, the beginning, and then we like modified it a bunch to make it work because we spent a lot of time on it and. Yeah, it was a really stressful time working on that one. Yeah. Oh, interesting. So we're, we're just glad to be able to like give it a new life. And, yeah. Yeah, and it paid off. Yeah. 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 It's a beautiful track. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's a beautiful track. Also, absolutely loved Ocean Glaze. There's just <laughs> some some really like reckless abandon, like arpeggiation with the synths and stuff. So talk about Ocean Glaze. That's really fun. That was all you. I I don't remember much about working on it. You did it in like a like reckless abandon. It sounds right. Yeah, reckless it, abandon sounds right. In like a flurry. It was a bit of a flurry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because we we needed a. It, it's actually like pretty. It's pretty different tonally from a lot of the rest of the yeah, yeah, the yeah. soundtrack. It's like a bit more yeah, fun and happy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we like I think we just didn't know what to. We it just needed to sound like something beach like kind of, um, but then it couldn't be like too happy or anything. Mm-hmm. And I think you were just like playing around, and I kept. I think I just kept telling you to add more arpeggios or something. <laughs> and then we like started adding more. There's like there's like a climactic part. There's a climactic part in the middle where like everything yeah. kind of flourishes, swells up, mm-hmm. and that was around where I said like just like keep doing it, and then you just went crazy with it. I think that's where a little bit of my own personal music making came through. Was the rec- I do like doing reckless abandon in my own work, um, just okay. pushing myself outside of every um, whatever is expected might be expected to sound like Mm -hmm. and just breaking those rules to see what what could come out of it and i think that that part where the arpeggiators just kind of go a little bit nuts is a little bit representative of (laughs) yeah (laughs) what i I do in my own work because i think there's this sort of tension when working with game music is like you ostensibly you're not supposed to go too crazy with making it like like if it's just like part of the background of a level then if it's like really dynamic and like really with big changes in tone and mm-hmm. energy, then I, it's not supposed to 
that's like people aren't expecting that mm -hmm. but it's also like hard to repress the urge to make it like that as you know as an artist you like you want to you just want to like put yourself in there and mm -hmm. i think being a little like being a little generous to ourselves with that i think it was really freeing like i mm -hmm. i kind of just accepted like let's just go with let's just do what we want to do and then i think i think we'll know if it's not going to fit in the game like i don't think we went overboard with it i think it's still mm -hmm. it's oh yeah no it's great and also that track was interesting because um what they wanted to do on this audio sound design side was they wanted to layer it so that as you progress through the area, more and more of the track is revealed. Mm -hmm. So I felt like doing something dynamic in that, more dynamic and a little bit more reckless there mm -hmm. was okay because as an area, because it was being revealed to you slowly. So it wouldn't seem as dynamic because you're not hearing it all at once. Mm -hmm. You hear the first loop of it and then you, your mind gets used to it. And so then it gives you something new to listen to every time with more yeah yeah i guess yeah that made sense for craziness The, the main theme, how that unfolded, because that I love as well. I mean, I just, yeah, it's very kind of like you're just swinging in a hammock, kind of. I love it. We knew, like, eventually at some point we'd need a main theme, but it was hard to figure out, like, I guess it would make more sense to do it first or early on and then have things come out of that. But mm. but we had put it off a bit and eventually it ended up being, like, there's the main trailer that we, wait. We were working on a track for the launch trailer, but then we put so much into that track and in the end, that just became the main theme. Like, yeah, it had it had the pieces we needed for the main theme, and we we either used it for oh we had to like we still modified it a bunch, but yeah, it was ended up being like because the trailer is kind of like there's this progression to it. There's like mm -hmm. it gets you into it, yeah, getting and then like builds into something, kind of tells its own little story in a small yeah. snippet. We thought like that kind of fits a main theme too, and. We, we had a bit of a disagreement during that track, I remember. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, because I wanted to make, No, I'm make, kidding. Uh, <laughs> I had, like, a theme in mind for it, and I, I was, like, kind of attached to it, but then... and then, But then Janice, like, had another theme in mind, and it was a lot better than mine. Mine was really bad. But at the time, <laughs> no, it wasn't. No, but at the time, I, we were like really, like, really overworked and didn't know what sounded good anymore. At least I, I, I couldn't tell anymore. But you were, you pushed for yours, and I'm really glad you did because it's so much better than what I was doing. And I think that was one of the tracks where we kind of got to learn how to like, how to figure out like who who should be in taking over and for that or who who should have their like identity in the track. Well I felt like we learned yeah how to communicate yeah through working on that track. Like um because we both felt so bad if we said like I don't really like this. That we would never say that about each other's work. So when we were like, okay, I know he feels very strongly about this, but 
I, I'm not feeling it. Um, so finding so many ways to beat around the bush. And in the end, we just had to come right out and say it and say like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I don't know. It was just like, we had to, I think we worked out a way that would be okay. And we were like, okay, who feels strongly for this section right now? And then whoever felt strongly, we would go with their vision. Yeah. And then, so that one has like, yeah. <laughs> and I think that worked for us because we we both like we both trust each other in you know, as people of course and as also musically we trust each other's tastes. And so I I was just like, Oh well I guess I mean I trust you'll do a good job with it, so I, my ears kinda of burnt out, so I'll see where the direction you're taking it was going and it was definitely the right call. Mm -hmm. How did you find each other? Oh, in general? Um, yeah. Through music, in a way. Yeah. Um, okay, it's kind of complicated. Um, I was, in my oh, first... you listen to, do you listen to his um, soundtrack for Dust Force? Is that where, when you said not. you listened? Okay. I okay. Heard that, that was my yet. first one. Okay. okay. And then, that was in 2012, and then Janice was... Oh, she was playing the, or her family was playing the game. Yeah. And then she overheard the soundtrack and liked it and then found it on Bandcamp. I, I bought it and, you know, you can send a message when you buy. So I just, mm -hmm. I just said, um, I loved it. And if there would ever be a physical version coming out, I would love to know. And then That's just classic <laughs> messages people get after. Well, and because you, you released your first album on Bandcamp yeah. too, so when I saw the message, I could like click back and see her music, and I liked it a lot. And then just slowly over the years, we were emailing more and worked on some music we Worked together. on something together, and then... Eventually, we Janice came to... Because she, she, she was in Toronto, and I was in mm -hmm. Portland, and so she came over to Seattle for... We're, we basically played music, like game music, at a festival. And that's when we first met in person. Mm -hmm. And then okay. immediately got married. Immediately. <laughs> no, it was a little <laughs> bit longer, but it was pretty pretty soon after that. So how did you end up in Taipei? Because you said something earlier as well, like you went to visit and got stuck there. I don't know if I heard that right. But yeah. How, yeah. how did that happen? So we got married in 2019. And then after that, we came to Taipei to visit with his side of the family. And and that was January, 2020. Um, and we were only gonna be here for three months. Yeah. And then our flights obviously were all canceled and everything, so. We ended up getting stuck, but then we liked it a lot here. And yeah. it ended up being like, you know, the safest place to be during COVID. And also legally we could be here together. Yeah, because we just got married and yeah. Janice is Canadian, I'm American, so. Okay. We're still in the process of like figuring out visa stuff, and but since we got stuck here and they kept like extending our stay here, it was like the one place we could just stay together and not worry about it. So, and plus we just liked it here a lot. Yeah. And yeah, it's really inspiring. Yeah, so we just decided to stay, and we're yeah. still here. Yeah. What is it like there? I mean, I obviously just know nothing about Taipei or Taiwan or anything. I mean, I know some things, but. I mean, what's the city like and what do you like about it? It's so dense in the city um, where you just can see people's lives spilling out into the street um, or they'll just leave their doors open so you can just look right inside. But you don't need to look inside someone's home to see them living. Um, and you can hear so much. You can hear everybody living their lives and it's... Um, but the, also the great thing about it, especially in Taipei, is that it's um, kind of in a valley, so it's surrounded by mountains. So you have this density of people. And then 
for us, like 10 minute walk away, um, it's the quiet of the mountains. And so we can teeter between both and find inspiration in everyday yeah. life, watching people do things like doing their laundry or, you know, just going, getting, doing their shopping at the market or like just sitting on their steps, having a smoke or massaging each other. <laughs> I don't know. You can see everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can hear babies crying. You can hear people having fights. You can hear people frying rice and playing piano and yeah. you just hear everything. And so there's always life happening. Yeah. It feels so alive. Mm-hmm. Like in the, the mountains and the forest itself spills into the city. Cause like every crevice is yes. filled with plants and it's vegetation. a tropical Island. So yeah. it's so humid and wet. So it also looks as if this place could never be overrun by humans. Like nature will always be stronger because it's always, it's just, you can't fight it. Like, yeah, it's like half reclaimed. And it's all, it's, <laughs> it's growing back as it's before. It's always growing back. Mm-hmm. Wow. If people were to disappear for even like, you know, a couple of weeks, this place would just be green again. Yeah. Completely. <laughs> wow. And so is the weather mild year round then? No. Oh, okay. Okay. It's hot and humid. Yeah. All the time? But then during the, uh, it's, um, it's good during the winter, but okay. this winter has been pretty. Yeah pretty hot um oh, okay but there's like a good sweet spot from like november, november to, to april yeah may to april yeah okay yeah that's like a really nice time it's right now mm-hmm. and you speak chinese too then right yes well i spoke it in my parents spoke it to me as a kid so i okay. have like i can speak it but my vocabulary isn't that great but i can still get by okay and janice has been learning because I speak a little bit. Because she spoke Cantonese. Uh, oh, and it's yeah. man is it more closer to Mandarin in yeah. okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah exactly. Okay. Yeah. And there's probably not a ton of crossover between Cantonese and Mandarin, is there? Um, reading wise it's the same. Okay. Ish. Not gr- oh, not necessarily because yeah, there are different words that we use that compared but to you. A lot of the sounds are it's not completely different. It's similar. It's not completely I mean, different, the, but it's also not completely the same. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like um, a little bit more extreme version of like having different accents, English accents. So not sure. only is the accent different, but you also have different colloquial terms. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but you yeah. definitely have an advantage learning Mandarin, knowing Cantonese. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Oh, it's just so fascinating. And and what a neat story that you just ended up liking it there. And you're like, well, let's just stay. So did you yeah. have to like make a trip back and get things or did you just, you just kind of. Well, you didn't go back until this last fall. Oh, okay. the, not this year, but the year before. Okay. Yeah, like three years later. Yeah. Wow. Well, it just happened that we were in the middle of like a big transition in our lives because just got married and we're like True. Yeah. moving we're out of our... We're finishing up Tunic, so any big things were kind of off the table. Yeah. We can't really... And we're, we had moved out of our mm-hmm. apartments, so it was kind of the perfect time to just mm-hmm. switch yeah. to a new place. Huh. Also, all the borders were closed. Yeah. Right. So was... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Even if we wanted to, we couldn't. <laughs> right, right. Wow. Okay, well, let's uh, let's talk more about about tunic. Thank you for indulging my questions. I could ask you a thousand more just about those things, but uh, but we'll go back to your to your music. Um, and you know, the fact that you do both have more music up on Bandcamp outside of tunic. Um, how did you get connected to work on tunic? How did that happen? Andrew, who's the main developer on tunic, he emailed mm-hmm. me in two thousand. 15, I think, or late 2014, something like that. Because he he liked the music I made for Dust Force and for, um, I made a, the soundtrack for a documentary about a Double Fine uh, game. And oh, nice. Which really one? Liked, uh, it's called Immerse. It's for the oh, Double cool. Double Fine Adventure is the name of the documentary. Okay. And he was listening to that when, work, when working on the early versions of Tunic, and he sent me... He sent me like some short videos of Tunic gameplay and he put the music to it. He said this is what he was like listening to and what inspired him. And so it was kind of out of the blue, but when I saw it, I was I was immediately drawn to it because 
I I could kind of tell from the what I could I could tell from the little bits he showed me that like he really knew what he was doing and he he like had he had like the elements that I think would be someone really good to work with and would do a really good job with the game. Yeah. He was like good at a good eye for the design and the game feel and was also good at like putting it together and then the most importantly was seemed like that person that could actually like work efficiently enough to actually finish the game which is pretty hard yeah. um so i <laughs> so i thought it was a great opportunity so i but i was like in the middle of working on something else so mm -hmm. i thought maybe i'll just i'll i'll need more time to work on it but that ended up being okay because the game ended up taking forever to finish anyways yeah <laughs> I joined about halfway through. Um, at first, um, I didn't. I did do one of the tracks. Um, this was <laughs> Terence was telling me about Tunic and over email, and he was sending me some like chords he was work playing around with, and then but he like typed them out. I'm like I can't hear this, so I played it out, and then ended up writing a track and then that was like the first one that ended up being on tunic but it was like we didn't think of it as a tunic track yeah. at the time mm -hmm. it, oh um, which, which one is that um secret legend oh yeah yeah okay yeah and then but i didn't start working on the soundtrack with him until maybe a couple few years ago yeah because you started oh wow okay. yeah he started helping me with it because I needed a lot of help with like figuring out some melodic stuff, piano stuff. But then it just eventually became like I realized there's so many tracks that needed like emotion and character. And I was really, I was so like focused on making atmosphere and texture and um, a sense of space that I was having trouble finding how to like add. The character in motion that you were really good at bringing bringing in on the tracks, and eventually I realized like I don't know if I can do this without you working on it more. <laughs> and so it was a very gradual. Yeah, process. it just like sort of interesting ramped up, yeah. and then yeah, next thing we knew, like you were you ended up making like exactly half the tracks, or like the amount of like time spent was like equal to half the tracks worth of music. Yeah. I didn't I didn't want to like I didn't at first I just felt like I didn't want to involve myself because like this is your project and like sure. you know when it comes to creative work we're all it's very personal to us but little by little I think also at the beginning because of that head mindset I also felt like when he did ask for my help I was like okay I have to write like Terrence writes and I have to sure. try to emulate his voice um but it wasn't until maybe many many tracks later when you said i just want you to do your own thing mm -hmm. so that was really helpful to hear yeah and you also found it freeing to not to make music that wasn't you said it, you found it freeing to like make music that when you're in a secondary position helping us. Yeah, to... it was really freeing to kind of work under somebody instead of just working. I have to be the one who has the vision for this track. And if I don't finish it, it's not going anywhere. Whereas like working in collaboration as well as working under somebody else's vision, both like yours for the music and then um, the Andrew's for the whole game. That was really freeing and I really enjoyed that, yeah.
that's so fascinating. I mean, there are, you know, many examples through all of music of composing duos, right? And and I've interviewed many in, in games too and, you know, situations where they don't work together at all or where they totally do. And it's, yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderful thing. Um, I... Uh, t- let's talk about some of your individual music because you you have songs too that you've written and Janice, your voice is so lovely. So I just, um, it's it's really beautiful. I just <laughs> you just burst out laughing like. <laughs> no, it is. I love it. Um, and so you can hear some of that on Bandcamp and. Um, but I assume, I know you've also done other soundtracks individually, right? Like Janice, you've done a film or two or something along those lines. So talk about that, if you would. Um, mostly, I've done a couple like short short films. And I did um, contribute to a soundtrack for a feature film. But I, I'm not sure how much of it ended up making into the end. Of, end. And those were those were all really fun projects to kind of push myself in directions that I, when I take on projects, I think I want, I'm looking for something to push me either into doing something that I've never done before or to do something that I completely want to indulge in. Um, And so with all of those, that was it. And I think one of them was, I worked on a VR documentary and that was really, really fun. Um, and intimidating because I have no idea what a VR documentary is going to be like because it's not a film film because it's VR in the sense that it's interactive. So is it, is it like, are we looping things or are we doing, you know, one cut, you know, uh, narrative tracks? So that was a really interesting challenge um, to work with the filmmakers on that. Um, Yeah. And then, Usually, I just, I was going through a stage when I was working on those where anybody who came by and says, I want to work on this, I'm like, okay, I'll do it, and I don't know what's going to happen. And um, it was mostly like, I want this sound, but I still, I think I still, that experimental part of me came out, even though I would emulate the sound that they were looking for. There was one short film where I was like, I want to write a piano track that's really boring. Like I, I wanted the challenge of writing one that's really boring. Like it's in the, sorry, in the sense it. that it's not trying to get your attention. And that was for a film that uh, was about a man who was um, basically, I'm not sure if he was paralyzed, I don't remember, he was paralyzed, but he was bedridden. So I'm like, okay, well, it's kind of boring, right? Yeah. So. Like, yes, there's going to be emotion stifled in there, but I also felt like it'd be apt to try to include that sort of monotony in the music. Have you both always kind of wanted to be composers? I mean, you you were making music before you met each other, so clearly. But at what age did you start writing your own stuff? I mean, I think Terence, you kind of addressed that a little bit, but but yeah. I actually wasn't meaning to go to do music. I like I I must. I studied computer science. I wanted to make to do the game development. You still oh. do. And yeah. <laughs> Take well, note, everyone. Going that direction. <laughs> um, I ended up working with some friends and doing the music for their game, and and that was really fun. And after that, I wanted to. Then we started working on on more games, and I was like excited to like do more programming and work on the game design and stuff. Um, but then, then I worked on Tunic, and that ended up being a really big project. Um. But now I'm finally like finding the time <laughs> to work on my own, uh, or work on a, a new game together, and really focus on the on the the game design part and the programming side. Um, but eventually, it'll need music too. So I think we'll both 
have fun with yeah. that. Yeah. Um, but what about Dust Force then? Dust mm-hmm. Force, uh, I, I did the music and audio for that, but I also helped a little bit with like some of the web development and okay. um, just a, some bits and pieces around it. Um, but it was fun doing like both, or it's fun having both programming and music as like two opposite types of disciplines I can work on because they kind of, it feels like they exercise different muscles in the brain. And so when I get like really burnt out on one side, I can, I can try something on the other side. And then it's a, yeah, I just kind of enjoy being able to switch off because they're so different. Yeah. (laughs) I just thought it was really funny because he like, most people will program for work and do music as a hobby, but it's the opposite for him. That's pretty great. Very lucky guy. <laughs> yeah, right? Exactly. Janice, how about you? When did you start, um, you know, composing? When I was really little, I wanted to compose music. And, okay. and I felt like if there was a job, I would love to, I would love to compose music. But I felt like, okay, this sounds a little bit cliche, but I mean, obviously when I was little, the only composers I knew were old and men. And I was like, okay, well, that's probably not, that's not available for me. That's not a path that's available for me. So I think I started writing my own music, but just like vocal guitar music, because I still wanted to do music um, professionally one day. So um, I did started doing that as a teenager. And I felt like, oh, I have to choose something that I can do and I can in terms of like, if I wanted to do it, I can physically do it. So if I'm doing a show, then, then, because it's very hard to ask for help, I have to be like, okay, well, I have to write guitar music because at least that I'm self-sufficient that way. But I didn't really like the aspect of it that's very much like, I didn't mind performing, but the aspect of like kind of putting myself front and center, um, and that comes with being a performer is it's not just the work. Sometimes you also have to market yourself. And I think that's the hard part for me. So the more and more I kind of, I would write, I'd compose instrumental music on and off throughout the years, but never really took it too seriously. And then um, until I sort of felt like there was permission to do that, I think later on, in years when I could just be like, okay, I don't need to use my voice. I don't need to have to perform these pieces in order to make music. I can just make what I want. And that's kind of how it evolved. Wonderful talking with you and hearing your music. Uh, what 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 else do you want to say about Tunic or, or anything else, really? <laughs> anything I forgot to ask or that you wish people would ask you about Tunic that no one's asked yet? <laughs> I feel like there is something I can I'm trying to think. It it was just such a like I feel like I put so much like near the end of it, we we're working really hard and I felt like we put so much of ourselves, our energy and our like, our emotional energy into it. And it was really cathartic finishing it and like just finally being done. And I kind of, there's something really exciting about that type of work because it's, and then like at the end you get to like um, show a bunch of people. I feel really lucky to be able to work on something like that because for like normal types of music it's pretty hard to get your music heard um by people if you're just like releasing something on Bandcamp. but with a game like you get the audience of the game itself and you're giving them if the game is good you're giving them like an environment where they are receptive and to hearing your music and want it and will like enjoy the music and yeah it's just i just find it really, I guess, 
I just feel really lucky to be able to work on game yeah. music and to like Same. have those opportunities. Yeah, I know it's not easy for a lot of people out there making music, but um, I mean, I was there before Tunic. Um, I'm still there. Outside of game music, my personal music doesn't really get much traction, and it doesn't make me feel too bad because it, that's just the way it's always been. And I think the hard part of it is how do you keep going and not take it as if that means that my work is useless. And I think I just have to remember that it's not about how big your music is, but like if there's 40 people listening to your music, if there's one person listening to music, you're changing their, like you're impacting their environments. And it's really important to that one person. It's really important to those three people. And that, that kind of makes me feel like it's rather, yeah, it's not like quantity, but quality. One last question uh, that I love to ask, because uh, clearly you're both gamers. So, what are you playing right now? <laughs> I just finished um, Mr. Sun's Hat Box. It's really, really, really good. It was really addicting. Nice. Um, I mean, I wouldn't say I finished it because there's probably more to it. But um, nice. I I still religiously play. PUBG. <laughs> um, yes, nice. <laughs> and to be, um, there's just something very exciting about like going in and with some friends and like not knowing what's going to happen and going on this grand adventure yeah. and probably Absolutely. dying and failing. But it really is religious for you. It is, yeah. Play every Sunday. Yeah, we call it Sunday service. Sunday service. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. No, that's wonderful. I, I never did. I think maybe I only tried PUBG a time or two, but Fortnite I did a little bit too. Never in a massive way, but enough. And if you do make it to the end, it yeah, feels amazing. It's, it's, yeah. It is a special, a special accomplishment in its own right, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, especially with friends. Well, especially with friends, like that's, that's, I mean, I still play Destiny and it's because I like to connect with friends that way. That's like how we talk. We almost never talk outside of it. We do, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's, that's what, yeah. it's fun. It's a social thing. It's, and you're just getting to blow stuff up in the meantime and it's just, it's the best. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. It yeah. really is. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Well, you two are also the best. I Again, this has been great and love your music. <laughs> Cannot wait to hear what more you're doing. I strongly encourage everyone to check out all of your other music individually as well. Um, there's there's just some, some wonderful things there. So thank you so much for meeting with me so late in your day and uh, making this happen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for talking Thanks with us. Thanks for, yeah, and waking up early. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of Level with Emily. You can learn more about Janice and Terrence, see a playlist, and support us at patreon.com slash level. Check out the video of my chat with Janice and Terrence uh, on the Level with Emily YouTube channel. Please subscribe and make sure you get notifications, all that good stuff. Give us a like. I'm Emily Reese. Sam Keenan is our producer. Say hi, Sam. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter and Facebook at Level with Emily and learn more about us at Level with uh, yeah, levelwithemily.com. That is made possible by Adam Selvage at Tiki Web Services. Level with Emily Reese is a production of June Media Inc.
Here at Level with Emily, we're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance. It features a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. You can hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.